Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So it's a new poll. And you know I'm not a guy who believes much in polls. Over there at Fox News, they're saying a new poll finds that Democrats favor socialism over capitalism. It's one of the corporate America's wealthiest companies, but according to a brand new whistleblower report, American Express, you know that card in your pocket, is teaching employees capitalism is racist as part of its critical race theory training. This is a joke. An investigation reveals Amex anti-racism initiative, instructing white people to identify the privileges and advantages you have and don't speak over members of the black and American community. Let's bring in Vip. They can bring in whomever they want. This ties in with the polling. Socialism over capitalism. Now, what's interesting about this, as it ties into some of the wokeness we're seeing from these corporations, the slam on capitalism is always there. That is part of it. It's what makes you realize that the conversations about critical race theory are never, ever, 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 ever about race. They're about ideology. That ideology favors socialism over capitalism. Capitalism is deemed evil. We talked about Teen Vogue uh, the other day and how Teen Vogue is saying that, look, capitalism will never do you any good. It'll never help. You, you, should, you should be a socialist. Oh, capitalism is evil. This problem has never gone away. People slamming capitalism, attacking capitalism, attacking free markets, attacking people's uh, being able to, to accumulate wealth is the never ending. This is the Marxism. This is the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, or as Barack Obama discussed it, the 99% and the 1%, the conversation they still have. It's the same exact conversation. The 99% and the 1% is the proletariat and bourgeoisie conversation of Marx. That's the tie together. And so it continues because we are the people who have abandoned education, yet continue to send our children to be educated by these indoctrination houses that tell them that that, that capitalism is bad and socialism is good and communism, you know, you might want to take something from that. There's a famous uh, conversation from Barack Obama about how, well, you know what you might want to do? You might want to take a little bit from this and take a little bit from that. You really think there's a society, President Obama, that has value, that takes a bit of communism? Which, which, which bit? Which bit do you think would be good for all of us? Which bit could people take that would make you say, oh, yeah, that creates the better society. Well, history's answer is none. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. The people who favor socialism over communism have never once, or socialism over capitalism, sorry, have never once lived in socialism. They certainly have never lived in communism. And my father... He has got a theory. He's had this theory uh, for forever. As you take a look at the poll, um, they find they find uh, capitalism forty nine percent favorable, forty four percent unfavorable. Socialism fifty nine percent favorable, thirty one percent unfavorable. It's because they have this this diluted view of what socialism is. 
They're told, they're taught, well, socialism is that, you know, you know every, everybody's got a, got a house and every, everyone has, has money and can afford food, right? And it's, where, it's really where the rich people just stop being so greedy. Now, in one of the great conversations I've ever had on radio throughout my entire radio career, greed is not real. It's not real. Keep talking about it. Keep yelling at me. Keep showing me. And some people have had some really good examples. Greed. Meaning if I'd, I, have, I have three radio shows, guys. I have three radio shows, a video series. I'm about to start a second video series, and I'm working on more. Greedy? I dare you to call me greedy. You better bring your own first aid kit. I'm not going to get told I can't or I have enough. No, 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 no. I do what I want to do when I want to do it. And if there's an audience for it, hot damn, let's go to work. Not apologizing for any of it. If somebody is happier doing something else, let them. The uh, example that I often use is, is, you know, is, is the person who's the biomed CEO making $50 million a year really happier than the guy who is teaching skiing lessons in Vail who gets to ski all afternoon. There's no way to determine that. So why do we take the guy who's the biomed CEO who clearly makes more money in this, in this uh, example that I've given and say to him, you're not paying your fair share? To whom? The guy who made the decision to teach skiing lessons? He chose the path or she chose the path that was best for them. I have always described capitalism. Capitalism is living your life the way you see fit to the moment of your happiness without the concept of acceptance. You do you until you're comfortable and nobody gets to tell you whether you're right or wrong or you sure as hell don't have to listen to those damn fools. You don't have to listen to them. That's a valuable, worthy system of freedom. The people who support socialism have never lived under socialism. Thus, I go back to my father and the conversation I was having. My father has long had a, had a theory, and his theory is Sharia for a week. My father's theory is, for those people who don't think Sharia law is bad, let them live under Sharia law for a week. They will live a life under Sharia for seven days. At the end of it, let them tell us what they think. Sharia for a week. Let's see how it goes. Well, communism for a week. Let's see how it goes. Man, uh, best of luck getting that toilet paper. You thought it was bad because of COVID? (laughs) They support something they've never had to live under, and the people who are pushing it are people who live in a world that has nothing to do with capitalism. We're talking about the university professor in this situation. The university professor is protected by tenure. And the university professor is protected by never having to live in the world of their own theories. They walk around campuses that look like palaces and they are treated like God. Oh, hello, professor. Oh, yes, professor. I'll have that paper you do, professor. Professor, what can I do to get a better grade, professor? How can I help you, professor? They are treated like gods on earth in a palatial playground that has no representation anywhere else on earth. The college campus is not representative of life. And they are protected 
doesn't matter what they do, what they say, they're going to keep their job. And look at the minds that they control. Mind and soul, you need a degree. Oh, you need a degree in order to get a job and lead a good life. Well, you're going to need to pass my class to do that. Let's see if we find you acceptable. Now, any college professor who takes umbrage with my uh, example here or my impression here, uh, trust me when I say I'm holding back. My disdain is overwhelming. And, of course, there are two sides to the bell curve. That's not every professor. We know this, right? We often have William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, on the show, LegalInsurrection.com. Clearly not like this. But so many are. And then they sit in the faculty lounge with the patches on their elbows, and they probably smoke a pipe improperly. And they say, you know, it would be a good idea if, if, we, if we just tax those rich people a little bit more. Professor's making $250,000 a year has a guaranteed job for life, probably got some deal for some housing near near campus, and doesn't even pay for his own meals. The university probably picks it up. We should, we should tax those rich people just a little bit more. Those rich people are spending crazy amounts of money to send their little uh, boys and girls to this college where you indoctrinate the living crap out of them with the things that will ensure they will not be able to afford your college. You so indoctrinated those kids, they now believe that the college should be for free. But you, being somebody who's so protective of your fiefdom, the oligarch that you are, you don't make college free. You just make sure government pays for it by the rich people who pay for the college. Yes, you know, the, the, the education we impart is very important, don't you know? Mm, yes, very important. Yes, just make the rich people pay for it. Just a, a tax, on, a tax on, their, on their stock transactions. Stock transactions. How dirty is that? Oh, you excuse me. I have to get to my office hours. They're from uh, 1230 to 1245, and I'm only 10 minutes late. Mm, I'm going to actually have to talk to one of the students today. <laughs> You know it, I know it, that's how it works. You know it, I know it, that's what's happening. They, the teacher, pushes the idea of, of, this, of this conversation of a free college, and they never ask themselves, well, why does our college cost so much? For what reason is our university forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year? If Bernie Sanders was really serious about making college affordable, no university could charge more than $3,000 a semester. Let's go. Let the teachers figure it out. If they really care about the students, they'll do it for free. Isn't that right, Professor? That's them choking on their on their uh, pipe that they don't actually know how to smoke. The professors live in a world where they don't have to live in the world that they're creating. And the kids go out there and say, yeah, we favor socialism. Because what else do they know? And then they take a look at America... And they look at bailouts of AIG and others during 08 and 09. And then they take a look at, well, we're going to pay people who aren't working because we shut things down because of COVID. And we're going to give extended unemployment benefits. We're going to have an eviction moratorium. And they see government as the answer. Oh, don't worry, government will take care of it. Because the people who taught the classes are now the people who get elected. Or the people who got taught are now the people who get elected. The Ocasio-Cortezes and the Ilhan Omars, and then, of course, the people who started it all, the despicable Bernie Sanders of the world. This poll is not surprising. It's not shocking. The question before us is, what are we going to do about it?
And it starts with, stop sending your kids to these schools. Stop putting your children in situations where they're not going to be educated, but they're going to be indoctrinated. Stop setting them up to hate you. The story after story after story of parents who have college-age kids who come home and the kids hate them, start fights with them, scream at them, yell at them. You don't know anything about history. You were taught wrong. You don't understand that we're oppressors. It's, it's, it's more than just anecdotal. It's more than just anecdotal. It is. It is what's happening. And what is happening can be fixed by us saying no. Now, I think it should be fixed some other ways. And I think these universities should be starved, these uh, international students who pay uh, full freight. Why do you think they take in the students from all over the world? Because they pay the full tuition. That's got to stop. You got to focus on students here first. That would be my take. Then parents have to stop sending their kids to schools that are known without question, even though many schools do this, known without question to not be educating, but to be indoctrinating. And you have to starve those universities. Well, my child needs an education. You live in today's world. You can get, you can get a, a, cer- a certificate from Google. What, what, what do you need that? I, li- I live in Indiana. There's a place called Ivy Tech. It's a community college. $4,500. Is it a semester or is it a year? It's $4,500 a semester or a year. I forget which. You could do that for two years and then take those credits and transfer somewhere else that you're spending more money. Isn't that a way to work your way into it? Does it have to be a four-year university right off the bat? Can you maybe have more understanding of what's going on with your kids? Keep them from being exposed to that level of bigotry and hate that's out there? Allow them the opportunity to work into it. Eventually, they got to get exposed to it. They got to see it so they know how to deal with it. But you can work them into it. You can help them through it. You can send them to universities that don't buy into bigotry as a matter of decency. Now, I'm not surprised by this. Not surprised by the poll. I'm only surprised by the people who know the poll is real and still do the same old, same old. I'm Tony Katz. Delta variant may be out there. Delta variant may be real. Delta variant may be spreading. But, man, it's not stopping anybody from vacationing. AAA says they're not seeing any slowdowns in vacations. And as the story goes over there from Fox Business, in-person gamblers lifted casinos markets to its best year. Tony Katz, guys. Great to be with you. Tony Katz today. Uh, American Gaming Association. That's the trade group for the casino industry saying America's casinos had their best quarter, second quarter in history, taking in $13.6 billion. 
They're on track to surpass 2019, which is $43.6 billion. It would be the highest grossing year ever. And they say $25 billion has been won during the first six months of this year. People want to get out. And I got to tell you, I find it very uplifting. Because it means one of two things. It could mean that people are saying, I don't care about COVID. I got to get out of the house. I don't I, I, I get it. Don't get it. I don't care. It could say, you know what? I've had COVID. I've been vaccinated. I feel safe. Let's go enjoy our lives. So it could have something to do with just reckless abandon. It could have something to do with, hey, the technology allows me to go out there and enjoy myself. I'm going to go do it. I am, I find uplift in people saying, I'm not going to stay home afraid. Watching people stay home and be afraid, watching people who send their kids out to play outside wearing a mask. Listen, it's your kid. That's not my point. My point is, oh my gosh, I will, it rips me apart. You know how people see someone in their, in their car driving alone, wearing a mask. They're like, what a dope. I, I, I have said that before. I won't lie, but then I'm just left with a why. Maybe you had it on. You just forgot you had it on. Whatever. But when I see kids playing outside with a mask, when I see people running with a mask, I'm just I'm left empty. Because it's it's not a way to be. It's not a way to live. Do not live in fear. And I don't know what else to call that. And it's your kid. Are you instilling the fear on the kid? I'm actually hearing that a lot of kids, they're afraid all by themselves. Which then leads me to, what are we doing to kids because my kids are not having this issue? Is it because I'm me? My wife is her and the way we have a conversation is really so much different? Does it have something to do with the fact that we don't allow our kids on social media? Because of what I do for a living, I have never allowed my children on social media. So... I may have saved their lives from from a, a post that you can never take down. But if you're not exposed to madness and wokeness all the time, maybe you're just better adjusted. That that I mean, if if I were to discuss this anecdotally, that's my take. Um, I I feel good when I see people out and enjoying, feeling confident in themselves, confident in. In, in what's happening around them. It's it's better for all of us. It really is. Speaking of kids, uh, they're kids, and they have to be cared for. So why do so many people not want to care about them? That story's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So there's the story out of Texas that isn't connected to anything else that's going on. Not the masks and the and 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 the Dallas County, not the the Democrats who are going to get uh, arrested and the arrest warrant out out for them. You know about the Democrats and the arrest warrant, right? It's it's a fantastic story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, a parlor, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Tony Katz, find everything at TonyKatz.com. Texas Republicans 
in a standoff, of course, with Democrats because they want to vote on new uh, voting rules in Texas. Democrats have said, but we're not going to win the vote. So they ran away. That is basically what happened. I actually have exclusive audio of Texas Democrats right here. The Texas Sergeant, the Sergeant Arms inside the Texas Capitol has dropped off copies of arrest warrants at all of these Democrat offices and saying to the staff, hey, uh, your boss may want to come back because we are going to uh, arrest them for what they've for what they've done here. And, and the Democrats are now like, yeah, go ahead, arrest us. That's fine. So let's let's kind of like like put into a, a quick little bow what happened here. Texas wants to ensure that their elections make sense and don't open up opportunities for fraud. Just like they did in Georgia, just like they've done in other places. Remember, no one ever talks about the Delaware laws. They're tougher than the Georgia laws. But of course, those aren't racist or bigoted because they feel that they're going to always win Delaware. Only in Georgia is it bigoted. Blah, 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 blah. So the Democrats say, well, we're not going to win this thing, so we'll prevent you from having a quorum. We'll leave. But if we go to any other state, we can get arrested because the sergeant arms can follow us. So we'll go to Washington, D.C., where you have no jurisdiction. They then get there, spread COVID across the District of Columbia. That is, of course, those who didn't end up going to Portugal on vacation which also happened, some of these Democrats really representing their constituents by first not being in Texas to do their job, and then by going to Portugal. I hear there is one Democrat who's in the state Senate who's been filibustering a bill from the Republicans for like 12 hours. Now, whether you agree with her or disagree with her is inconsequential. She's there doing her job. You got to respect the living daylights out of that. So now the Democrats realizing they lost the public relations battle regarding this voting bill. They're now saying, yeah, arrest us. We don't care. We're going to stand up for our constituents. They're not standing up for their constituents. They lost. You know who's losing right now? Republicans in the Senate who won't be able to stop a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill that isn't based on infrastructure. So, you know. Do I expect them to all run away? Well, maybe they take a page out of the playbook and they just leave. Bye. Bloop. Gone. They can all vacation somewhere. May, I don't know. Maybe Ted Cruz can take them to a good deal in Cancun. Beats me. So that's Texas. That's what's going on there. This is the transgender story. Now, this falls into line in a conversation uh, that I was having about uh, Loudoun County. Loudoun County... Virginia, they just engaged in their school board basically a recodification, recodifying, I should say. I think that's a better way to say it. That uh, transgender students, uh, yeah, not only totally fine, but they can do quite literally anything they want. We won't bother them at all and in any way. They can play in whatever teams they want. They can do whatever. You can't complain about it. Oh, and teachers and staff, you have to use proper pronouns. This is because one teacher said, no, no, I'm not, I, I, I can't bring myself to do that. I know that's a boy. I'm not going to use a, a girl's pronoun. I won't, I won't do it. I will not do it. 
I don't think that guy has a job anymore. You cannot force somebody to use a pronoun. Can't do it. There may be things that you consider mean or rude because somebody does this or says that, but you can't force people to utilize words. You cannot compel people to speech. And I would argue that any transgender person who says that you can, no, you can't. And they're going to say, well, we'll just sue you. And I'll say, go to hell. That's the answer to this transgender bully in Colorado who went to Jack Phillips, who owns Masterpiece Cake Shop, who already got through the lawsuit because he wouldn't design, decorate a, a cake for a same-sex marriage. He'd sell the cake, he wouldn't decorate the cake, and they sued him because they were despicable people who don't think that you should be able to live your life the way you see fit, who don't think you could have your own morals, who don't think that you can have your own religious tenets. You will obey or else. That's what they believe. Jack Phillips is 100% in the right, and the people who sued him, including the Civil Rights Commission or the Human Rights Commission, whatever they call it in Colorado, 100% wrong. The people who support that are 100% wrong. Bad people. If you want to know what it's like to dip your toe into the fascist pool, find the people who support suing Jack Phillips. That's them. That is them in every single way. Then somebody's like, oh, okay, you, you, you kind of beat the rap and the Supreme Court gave you a narrow victory. I'll come in. I want a cake celebrating my gender reassignment. Well, I'm sorry. I don't decorate those cakes. <gasps> you don't? A lawsuit. It's absolutely abusive. People should be thrown in jail. And Jack Phillips should be able to make any damn cake he chooses and decorate what he wants to or not. He doesn't have to hide. He's allowed to have his own point of view. I'm allowed to use any pronoun I damn well see fit. But let's get really to the deeper part of this conversation, the one that's more important. Children cannot decide their gender. And any parent who says that a child can decide their gender is guilty of child abuse. If I lose friends, so be it. I can't watch child abuse. I didn't say you don't love your child. I didn't say your child isn't going through something. I don't think anybody should be mean to your child. I don't think people should be mean to children. I think that's nuts. But if you allow your child to engage in medical changes as a kid, it's child abuse. It is what it is. Not only will I not say otherwise, I will double down and triple down on that. Enter Texas. The Texas Department of Family and Protective Services, the commissioner, uh, uh, is, it, is it Jaime? Jaime Masters? Or is it Jamie? I think it's Jaime. H J A I M E. So that'd be Jaime, right? Performing a transgender surgery on a minor constitutes child sex abuse. Genital mutilation of a child through reassignment surgery is child abuse subject to all rules and procedures pertaining to child abuse. Such mutilation may cause a genuine threat of substantial harm from physical injury to the child. Absolutely, positively, and without question. So for those people who want to say, you're keeping this child from being who they are, children can't make decisions. We have been through this, but I'm happy to go through it one more time. Children cannot make decisions. They don't have the capacity. That's why we call them children. 
adults make decisions for their kids. If you believe a child can make their own medical decisions, you are making the argument that a child has agency, control over their own self. It's why they say a child should be able to get an abortion without notifying the family. It's a medical procedure. child can make their own medical decisions. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it was a rape inside the family. Gosh, that's disgusting. Gosh, I hope not. It's certainly possible. But it's not a reason to say across the board children can make their own decisions. Children can make their own medical decisions, and now you want children to be able to vote. Children can decide who they love, right? So children can have relationships with adults, and it's totally fine because children can make these decisions. You have eliminated the idea of the child and the adult, and what you have really eliminated is the role of the parent. This is the story. The purpose of all of these things to allow children to make their own medical decisions, to allow children to vote, to allow children to have agency over themselves, is that the parent is no longer necessary. It is about the severing of the parent-child relationship and replacing the parents with the state. Of course it is. Allow me to quote Star Wars, search your feelings, you know it's true. This is the objective. A child allowed to make a medical decision that involves changing their physical being. Children can't make that decision. What happens if they change their mind? We already know through the science their minds aren't fully formed. They're not fully formed people. They certainly don't have control of their emotions. You're going to give them the right to do this? Let me take it a step further. If you think your child should be able to make their own medical decisions, including whether or not to have their breasts removed, you hate your kid. Allow me to double down on that. Allow me to triple down on that. I will apologize to no one. We're talking about child abuse here. Now, let me take it the other side just for a moment. I I think something that people don't do. How tough it must be to be a parent and watch their child go through something like this. Now, I can make plenty of arguments. I can make plenty of arguments that you're supposed to love your child but not allow your child to hurt themselves. Remember, the role of the parent is to protect children very often from themselves. That your child can feel a certain way and you want to help them as much as possible because no one wants to see their kid hurt. No one wants to see their kid in pain. You you don't want this for them. It's a natural, natural thing to say. But the role of the parent is not to be the friend. The role of the parent is to be the parent. It may hurt now. It will be better later. You can't at 13 make a decision that's going to impact the rest of your life. At 18, you actually can make that decision. I don't think you should, but I won't be able to stop you. You will be able to make it. And if it's really that important to you now, it'll be that important to you then. Thus, we wait. That's parenting. Then there are the parents who absolutely buy into it. Oh, they're thrilled. They're overjoyed. 
transgender, my, my boy, girl, transgender, and you know that they're cheering it, they love it. It's like an attention grab. Oh, I'm sorry, is this conversation too honest? Am I making everybody just feel just a wee bit uncomfortable? Are the facts problematic? What am I supposed to do? Lie to you? Ah, uh, listen, I'll get into it. I don't lie. I don't lie to myself and I don't lie to others. I'll get into it. Texas is right. Because it is about protecting children. If you ask me whether I think gender dysphoria is real, I will tell you yes. If you ask me whether or not I think this trend towards transgender children has to do with wanting attention, I will tell you absolutely I believe it does. I believe that the data is 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 moving us in in an, a, a direction that is is simply uh, not not only uh, provable but without equal. They see it as something that's accepted. They see it as something that gets attention. They see it as something that makes people popular. They get called brave and they move down this way. And we don't spend a second asking ourselves what happens if they change their minds. Children do change their minds, don't you know? There's no caring for that. And there's an entire medical side that absolutely doesn't want you to think about that. Nope, child said it. Boom, get him on the hormones. Let's go to work. When are we scheduling the surgery? Somebody get me a scalpel. Get the machine that goes bing. Do the whole thing. That's evil. That's an evil society that has lost its way. You will note that I did not say you should yell at a child, make fun of a child, humiliate a child, attack a child. I don't think you should do any of those things. They're children, and we should love them. But we also have to protect them from those people who don't believe that children deserve protection, but that children should be treated like adults because there is nothing more abusive than that. Putting somebody in a position that they're not ready for so you can take advantage of them. Because that's the only reason to separate the parent from the child is to have state control so you can do with them what you will. That's abuse. The state of Texas is right. I'm Tony Katz. I have been trying to follow this Florida ventilator story, and I'm a little confused because you have the Biden administration saying they sent hundreds of ventilators to Florida because of an increase in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. That's the reporting. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida says he's unaware of, of the shipment. As it's being reported, Florida hospitals did request hundreds of ventilators for the COVID surge. But the question is why? I thought we determined that ventilators don't do the job. All that talk about ventilators for New York, remember? I need 2,500 ventilators. What am I going to do with 600 ventilators? That was, that was my uh, Andrew Cuomo impression. Um, it was better when he was still governor. Well, he's still governor for like 12 more days, unless he doesn't resign. Well, and we'll see if that happens. Uh, do I trust the guy? Of course not. Sending 200 ventilators and 100 nasal breathing machines to Florida. 
He's like, I, I, DeSantis, like, I'm not aware of it. And you wonder whether or not the, the administration did it just to make him look bad. But let's make the argument that the, the hospitals did indeed request this extra uh, equipment from the strategic national stockpile. The question before us is, when did uh, uh, ventilators become in vogue again? They work on Delta variant, but they didn't work on regular COVID. They'd put you on ventilators, they'd fill you with fluids, but you would have this problem because uh, the, 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 the blood was coagulating and, and you would get clots. And there were lots of issues. So how did, how did this change? This is the part that's, that it doesn't make any sense. It's possible that, that hospitals could have made a request, and it's possible that the governor didn't know it. And it's possible it was done in such a way as to try and make him look bad, of course. DeSantis' spokesperson says that the request didn't go through us. It's why we weren't aware of the request. My question is, since when did ventilators start being the thing we use again on COVID? And it's a good question. Let's talk gas prices and the failure of Joe Biden. That's up next. I'm Tony Katz.